There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome back to The Woke Man series, the greatest case study on men, where we look at the conscious journey from unwoke to woke of men, where we're breaking down the toxic masculine barriers, the stigmas associated with this cultural cultural disease. I'm going to go there and say that because there are a lot of men out there right now listening to this, maybe not even listening to this yet, or who are just starting on their conscious journey and going through some deep pain. And I want you to know that you're not alone because this series is bringing you a hundred men who have been through the same shit. And without further ado, I got my brother, my conscious brother, Alec Vashor Rubin, the prince himself, joining me today. Brother, how are you? (laughs) Namaste. Aloha. So happy to be here, Luca. How we doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. We've had a good laugh before we uh, hit the record (laughs) button. You've got got some beautiful energy, bro. Now, tell me, man. Tell me, man. Where'd you grow up and where do you live now? Where did I grow up? I grew up in good old Louisville, Kentucky, and I currently live in Boulder, Colorado. I like to say that I I woke up in Kentucky and I began to find myself here in Colorado. That's beautiful, man. I love that. And Kentucky, is that where the fried chicken's from? <laughs> that is where good old doctor or not doctor colonel sanders yeah kfc you got it okay man okay do you miss that do you miss it down there uh but the only thing that i really miss is my nani my mom's mom my mom's indian my dad's jewish i'm an indian jew and, and i mean i miss both my grandparents my buddy yeah. and my nani but have a really strong connection with my grandparents and they live there so i go there Probably two times a year now. Okay, cool, man, cool. But you, in, you're settled. You know? You're you're settled in in Boulder. Oh, uh, Colorado is my root. It's my tether. My love tribe is here. I love it, bro. Yeah. And yeah. you're you're an epic snowboarder because you, I asked you. I said you in the snow, and you've been doing it for 17 years. So I'm I'm certain you would just be pulling <laughs> it up there. I I love the powder. It was one of my first loves, and mm. uh, snowboarding's a deep love. Yeah, absolutely. Wicked, it's like Wicked. connecting with the mountain. It's it's a special mm. energy, you know. Mm. Last time I was snowboarding, I definitely wasn't woke. 
um, to the sense of like, you know, where I'm at least where I'm at now. Um, yeah. it's not, and I just want to say that it's not a, like a destination, this wokeness, okay? Like I'm not on a pedestal. Right. Neither is any man here. We know that we're on a no. certain journey. But I was, uh-huh. I was smashing, uh, what's it called? Oh, what's that? There's a rum. There's a rum that, you, that everyone drinks <laughs> in the snow. I'm like taking a flask of that up at the top of the mountain. Last time I was so, <laughs> so popping the beers and yeah, man. twenty foot jumps. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. I've got friends who do that, and yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like oh. because I mean, you're. It's, it's so beautiful the way you said. It. It's like I'm going up there to connect with the mountains now. I'm like, dude, I'm in for that. I'm so you in know, for a that. A friend of mine gave me a reflection a couple months ago and years ago, and he was like, dude no one asked the mountain for permission if we could build these multi-billion dollar resorts on the mountain and like earth is alive mother earth is present and conscious she's hurting and Mm. every time i go up there i mean i get i get chills on my Mm. body because i always seek to ask permission from the mountain like hey can i can i be here with you can i ride on you literally I want to, I want to give that respect and I wait for that answer. It's the same thing with mama ocean. When I go to Hawaii, I want to ask permission. May I enter your waters? And sometimes I get a raging, like, fuck no, or like, full fuck. Yes. Mm, that's now, beautiful. It's a beautiful me, way. I curse. I don't know. It's <laughs> okay. Nah, you're, you're, you're welcome here, man. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Go, go, go. How, how old are you now, Ali? I'm 29. I'm April 7th, 1991. I'm an Aries fire baby and beautiful. Beautiful. Are you, yeah. do you dive deep into the ast- astrology? I mean, I wouldn't call myself a astrologer. I do receive like twice a quarter uh, astrology reading from different um, Vedic astrologers and, and sidereal astrologers. And absolutely, I, I definitely tune into what's happening in the stars for myself. And I like yeah. to connect that with my friends so I can better I connect that. with my friends and my lovers, you know? Yeah, yeah, I love that, man. And, and- I've never done, I don't think I've ever done anything around Vedic astrology. Is that different to like the general astrology that everyone goes and does? Like I said, I'm not an expert. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. What I believe I understand is from Western astrology to Vedic astrology, there's just a difference in how the astrologers read the stars and information uh, okay. from your sun, moon, and ascendant. And, and just the, the download's a little different, but cool. they're the all downloads a little different. Know, it's all that. from the stars, right? Yeah. What's your um? So I've what's so you 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 got your sun sign as Aries. What's your ascendant? Mm-hmm. My ascendant or my my moon sign. I know it in this order. So sun sign Aries. I'm a moon Capricorn, which is where my like organization and like go getter ambition energy comes from. And yeah. then I'm a Gemini ascendant, which is where my sense of like i kind of go and when i go i go pretty fast and get pretty ungrounded so i gotta always root it back into wow. my sun aries which for me it was like I, I, I'm, I'm devoted to my yoga practice okay and, uh, okay it's the pillar of my life i'm sure we'll get into that as you ask me these these raw yeah, deep questions which i'm so stoked to don't dive into i really am i'm nervous and excited because i'm vulnerable and like you ask me a question anything is going to come out of whatever the deepest truth is i don't know so, <laughs> i do know but I'm, I'm stoked to be here man i love it brother and what are you doing for a living right now what am I doing for a living? Wow. You know, it's uh, I love that question. I work with an amazing organic non-GMO superfood company called Purium and I support other people to get healthy. And mm. for those who want to create an online residual income, I do the same. And that allows me to fuel my service, which is yoga. I've invested 
over $80,000 into my studies of yoga with senior renowned yoga teachers over the last decade of my life. And Beautiful. at one point I wanted to stop hustling 15 to 20 classes of yoga a week here in Colorado because I was getting burnt out. And yeah. My yoga teacher, who's 67, he shared with me Purium, um, who actually introduced me to you, Jacob. Um, he's another yeah. guy. You should totally listen to his interview. I've worked with Jacob in our superfood company, and he loves the products, loves the superfoods. We detox glyphosate. So I've been able to replace a full income from teaching yoga with a residual income using um, my phone. Wicked, so I'm man. a traveling nomad entrepreneur and it's a blessed life, man. It's cool. I love that brother. And so give us a little bit about pure. I am to tell me a little bit. Pure, pure. I am. I like that. I thought it's called pure, but I love pure. pure I, I am. am baby. I am pure, baby. You are too. Pure. <laughs> um, pure has been around for 27 years and okay. in the last nine years, they entered the affiliate marketing model. So, you know, we have two routes. People can be a customer or key people can be a brand partner. You get five to 25% with affiliate code, but that's the business side and the product side. We have 60 plus products that are all organic, non-GMO. They're tested down to the molecular level. Yeah. One of the differences that I didn't really understand before I got involved with Purium is, you know, I'd, I'd always been searching for some kind of just easy to go shake that I can run out the door before I'm going to the gym or waking up in the morning. I like to be kind of light for the first few hours of my day. And most superfoods that are on the shelves are dehydrated around 118 degrees. So it literally kills the nutrients. You're not drinking anything. You're not getting nutrients. You're, you're just drinking a powder that's absorbed with water. Mm. But with Purium, we dehydrate our products at 60 degrees. So it maintains 99% of the living enzymes. And it's like, if anyone's that's, ever been to Hawaii, nice like drinking this green shake is like drinking Hawaii. They're like drink, taking in liquid sunshine. It yeah. makes you feel so good. I've been doing it for three and a half years. And I uh, have shared with a lot of beautiful people. I've impacted almost 4,000 people just from me saying yes indirectly uh, in my whole organization. And I work with a lot of incredible healers and entrepreneurs on this side of the world, that side of the world, this side of a career, left, right, whatever it is. We all got to eat. So, you know, Amen, it's, brother. A, it's a cool, it's a cool company, man. It allows that. me to teach yoga without having to like hustle yoga mm -hmm. to make ends meet. To take the I passion like out that. of it, you know? Is yeah, that what was happening? And, it, and that happened. It was, yeah, and it was hard for me because I was, I was, I was so conflicted. I, I just didn't want to teach the yoga anymore. And I had thirty to forty people in my class fifteen times a week here in Boulder, and it was awesome. Yeah. It was so much fun. I was making an impact, but something was like wrong in my heart. Mm. I was like, this is not what yoga is, and. Then because of my podcast, Yoga Revealed, I interviewed this man named Eddie and he's 67. He's been teaching yoga for 40 years and he shared with me Purium and Eddie is one of my best friends. He's a senior teacher. Um, man, he, 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 he invited Purium into my life and he changed my life. He's been a that's, huge role model for me. That's awesome, brother. That's really He's like the woke man. He's like, oh, he's a woke teacher and a woke man to me. Oh, you have to you connect know? us. I will definitely get him on here with you. That'll be such a cool conversation. <laughs> nice, brother. Nice. And what's one thing you're really good at, Alec? What's one thing I'm really good at? One thing you're really good at, brother. One thing I'm really good at. <clears throat> Do you want like an emotional thing or like a physical skill thing? Whatever comes to you. 
You know, the first two things that came to me, I just got to give two is one, I am really good at handstanding. I love handstanding. Oh, I'm jealous. Because when I'm I jealous. first I started to handstand, I couldn't do it. I, I literally remember falling on my face. Yeah, like well. I was like this upside down and I <laughs> fell onto my nose in the middle of class in front of like 20 people. And I was, I got so hot and embarrassed and like my armpit sweat. Oh my God. <laughs> And I was like, I'm going to figure this out because this is my body. Why can't I do that? I want to be able to do that. And I got it. And so I'm good at handstands. And then like for me, a quality, um, I think a characteristic is that when I have something going on in my mind, in the heart field, I believe that one of my highest skill sets is articulating the words to come out like whatever that needs to come out of my heart mind space. I'm so articulate at describing the experience. Like it almost has texture and it can be felt on the other person's receiving end. Mm -hmm. So that for me is something that I, I, I feel like I'm really good at is, is communication. It's beautiful that you know that about yourself too. I think that's another power. Hey, that yeah. you have self-knowledge on that. A lot of people out there maybe mm. don't really understand it because you ask that question. If they ask themselves this question, what's one thing I'm really good at? And they go, hmm, I don't know. You know, like, so it's a really good reflective question and it's, and it's powerful that you know so, yeah. that about yourself. But interesting question, yeah. handstands. How long did it take you to get to your, from, from when you crashed on your face to um, becoming a superpower handstander? I I want to preface this by saying yoga is not about getting a handstand. Mm. Yoga is not about getting a pose. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just gonna preface that. I love that. I also yeah. will preface that I I have Indian blood. Like I was made for this shit, and <laughs> it's not about the flexibility. It's not about being able to touch your toes. I just want to like make that very clear. Yeah, you, it, yeah. If you asked me that seven years ago, I would give a very different answer. Yeah. Okay. So this is through like trial and error and practice and investigation of self. But for me, it took me around like a short six, six to eight months before I got that handstand. And then it was another like six months for like the press, the quest for the press mm -hmm. where, you know, you're like in a forward fold and your feet press up and I can take my feet down and up and down and up and down. It took me some time for that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, I like what you were saying, because like um, in regards of for me to know myself, one of the my voicemail on my phone, when I don't pick up the phone, the last sentence is, by the way, tell me what you love about yourself. Like, what's mm -hmm. one thing that you love about yourself when you if, if you leave, a, leave me a message, leave me a message telling me what you love about yourself. I love that. So I have on my phone, like some messages from people that biggie themselves up and it's, it's cool. It's cool. I love that, dude. I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't think I even have a voicemail. So I've just got my new Canadian <laughs> number. I'm going to set that up and do that too, man. Nice, do it. Yes. Wicked, man. Wicked. Alec, tell me what your biggest fear is. Spiders. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Straight up. Straight, yeah. straight the fuck up. I will scream like a girl, like, like not saying that scream like a girl is bad, but for me, I will shriek. Like if they, if they see me before I see them, <laughs> this deep fear, like, I feel like I had a past life where yeah. I was being eaten by spiders. Like it just makes me get, I really contract Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. in a serious way, like, but I'm all about snakes. <laughs> <laughs> 
love it. All about the snakes, man. I um, I I would love to see you go go down to the southern hemisphere and enjoy Australia for a couple of months in the summer, and oof. You know the spiders there, man. There are oh, I've heard they're dude. everywhere, man. They're everywhere. <laughs> they're when everywhere. I go to Hawaii, there are these big motherfuckers, and Ooh. I was staying in this small little house. I go to Hawaii often, three to six months every year for the last five years. And that one year, I was staying in this smaller little cabin, and in the shower, I named a spider named Bob. <laughs> I told Bob, I was like, Bob, if you fuck with me. I don't want to hurt you. You're a beautiful creature, but like you stay in your corner and I will stay in my domain. Like do not. And like, we didn't touch, but dude, I'm talking, this thing was as big as my yeah, hand. That's nuts. It was huge, dude. Was it like a, like, like, a like a huntsman or a wolf spider or was it like a tarantula? What was it? I have no idea. I'm yeah. not, but it was hairy and it, it was, was big. It and was death. It was death. It was death staring at me with like 12 <laughs> eyes every fucking morning. <laughs> Oh shit, that's so good. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Fear, I, I got that one too. I was like, I'm coming to Canada for a break, man. There's no dangerous spiders here. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, what's your favorite quote, brother? My favorite quote. Hmm. You know, just today I said it on our team Zoom call for our entrepreneurial team. And, you know, someone was asking this and I was like, you know, there is a thousand ways to kiss and kneel, to kneel and to kiss the earth, Rumi. Mm. And then I was like, and there's also a thousand ways to build your business. Mm. There's no right or wrong way. It's just about finding what works for you. Mm. And I love that there's a thousand ways to kneel and to kiss the earth. And to me, I, we can take that in so many beautiful ways where it's like, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be feeling good for you, mm. you know? And hey, that might change day to day. Mm. So that's what's Isn't present that the for truth, me right man. now. Isn't that the truth? That really lands with me, man. It really lands with mm. me. Perfect time. Mm. What's a conscious man to you? <clears throat> A conscious man to me is a man who allows themselves to feel where they are at and when they're ready, not leave themselves there. Mm. Conscious man to me is a lot. A conscious man to me is someone who communicates, who takes care of themselves because the capacity of which I take care of myself is directly reflective to the capacity, which I can take care of you. Mm -hmm. Capacity, which I love myself is the capacity, which how much I can love you. Mm. That to me in short is what a conscious man is. The, the, the willingness mm -hmm. to feel where you are at and to be with those feelings. Oof. Yeah. That's because it, it's not easy. <clears throat> it's not easy. rewarding. But it's rewarding. It is. It is rewarding. Mm. You know, uh, one of my one of my dear teachers is going through a very, very challenging time um, due to the navigation of death. And uh, <clears throat> for those who have ever experienced a death, you know, there's really I find that there's really two um, routes. And for me, I'll, I'll share in 2017, one of my best friends died very best friends. I've experienced death before, but not like someone who I was walking next to the day before. And so my dear brother, Matt Lackey, he died and it was a sudden death. So there was the death navigation and then there's the post death, like the grieving. It took me two years to get out of a depression. 
And there were some happy moments, but like acceptance really landed two years later. Mm-hmm. Then there's another route where someone who has terminal cancer, pre-death, death, post-death, all equally intense in their own right. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be able to feel in all that, I mean, fuck, mm-hmm. that takes a capacity of high level consciousness to just be with it as de- deprecating and terrible yeah. and challenging as it is. So true, yeah, that's, true, that's what I would share with that. I appreciate you sharing that, man. True strength is like sitting, being able to sit with the mind and fully and with the emotions that are present in the body and just accepting it. That is true strength, man, because that takes a fucking, that takes a lot of work and a lot of courage so i I totally agree brother that's that's the you know we talk about one of the you know pretenses of men is like got to be strong got to be tough be internally tough be internally forgiving and resilient resilient that word's been coming up. so yeah i i I texted my teacher one day and i asked him i was like eddie you know do, do have you ever done something that was just so out of integrity with yoga? Like I, 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 I did something like I disrespected someone. I was mean. I was rude. I fucked up. And I was looking for like the almighty answer of like specifics. I said, have you ever done something that was so out of integrity with yoga? And he was like, his response, I'll never forget it. He said, and this was just like four months ago, three months ago. He said, it's in life. You are going to fall. And it is not about how hard you hit the ground, but it is about how graceful you get back up and keep going. And that's true. Amen. Amen. That is so true, brother. Mm. Man, what's one thing that challenges you right now? What is one thing that challenges me right now? I'm going to whisper. So can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to whisper because I have roommates and I don't want them to hear (laughs) because living with people uh, for other people can be very challenging and one of them is a non-binary human who came in with the biology of a woman and has a challenge on a monthly basis and i have a lot of empathy and compassion for it and to, i don't know what that's like mm-hmm. i love my penis and i love my masculine body and i also love my femininity to be able to feel so deeply but i have a high level of compassion for working with someone who um is seeking acceptance of themselves in their biology and their body that is one of the greatest things that is challenging me on a daily basis and i'm working through it by not being reactive to the best of my ability and i totally react <laughs> from time to time it totally fucking happens and also Sometimes I'm rooted in my power and it doesn't phase me. Mm, I really listen. I appreciate that. I appreciate that uh, honest answer, man. And and I think it's really important. Something that I see a lot in, in my own life too is you'll always get pl- seem to be, pl- what happens is you seem to be placed at these perfect situations with perfect encounters that bring up stuff, right? But Soul I, contracts, bro. Bang on. Right. And have you found that? Have you found that in your life where you just, you, you look back and you go, everywhere I went, I had a challenge. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I think for the people Even listening like right now. Burning Man or at the music festivals, like, of course, there's always been a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we have this illusion in society where it's like, um, it's supposed to be easy or and eventually there will be peace because the peace because you know the external world is what brings us peace but it's more mm-hmm. so the internal world and how we 
show up each day and learn from our challenges externally and that brings the internal peace you know i've had i've had i'm 29 and i've had two um short-term committed partnerships each were about two years and at the height of my second one is when i was diving deeper into my yoga practice and into ashtanga yoga and i was with a lovely woman named megan and i was going through a deep challenge with the relationship with my father and i'm sure that that will come up um throughout our interview and um she had said to me, you know, can you see, she's a little older than me, which I like, I like a woman who's a little older than me and has a little more earth years um, on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not attached to that being one or the other, whatever. It's all good. I just find that sexy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she said to me, she was like, um, are you able to see challenge as an opportunity for spiritual and emotional growth in your life? And I was like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's stuck with me ever for the last seven years. That's stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Isn't that powerful? Yeah, that's the truth right there, man. Mm. So those those wise older ladies, eh? That's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, brother. What's unconditional love mean to you? Mm. Unconditional love to me is loving our brothers, our sisters, our people, mm. where they are at, with what they're experiencing having no preconceptions or expectations on what we feel we need from that person based on this or that and just loving them in their experience and not taking anything personally, which is way easier said than done, Mm. of course. But to be unconditionally loving is to, gosh, just see people for who they are, which is a soul, going through their human challenging experience, most likely if you're able to humble yourself, like we are too. Mm. Going through a human experience, which has a tendency to be kind of fucking messy sometimes (laughs) and to have love for that, Mm. you know? It's such a breath of fresh air when you just realize that it is just messy at times and just accept that. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't have to be messy, but also sometimes it is messy. Yeah. It's like, it's not one way or the other. It's just like this. Just go with it. Yeah. Flow. Mm. Mm. What about a greater power? Do you believe in a greater power? And what is that to you? You know, I grew up with Hinduism, Judaism, and Catholicism shoved down my throat. And I was a high level rebel. Um, I was bar mitzvahed and I currently, yoga is my life. And I totally um, chant to the deities of Hinduism. And I love, I love Ganesh. I love Shiva. I, I love Hinduist, Hinduism in its culture. Um, I, it's not that I didn't reject it at a young age, but I totally rejected Catholicism. I rejected the idea of God and this whole high person sitting on a chair and be like, you're going to hell or heaven and eh, you're bad mm. when you get coals in your Santa Claus chicken stocks or whatever, you know, Christmas. And, and you know, when um, mm. my life has been greatly influenced by mushrooms and psychedelics and yoga. And <clears throat> when I, allowed myself at 19 the opportunity to feel and think for myself and be an independent thinker through the the gateway of psilocybin i was able to discover my own truth and Mm. for many years i felt very uncomfortable with the word god 
I'm talking from like 16 years old to probably 26. Mm -hmm. Deeply Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with the word God. However, at around 19, after this wild mushroom experience I had, which I have tattooed on my ankle as a willow tree, um, I had an an experience under a willow tree and I took a heavy dose of psilocybin and um, (laughs) I discovered the universe exists within me. So for me, that higher power is within all living things and beings and the universe is everywhere at all times. So, you know, that higher power to me is it's great spirit. You know, it's the great mystery. It is, it is the universe. Yeah. Wow, man. That's beautiful. How do you connect to that on a daily basis? I was at this, um, pre-COVID thing, uh, a rally in Denver, uh, pre-COVID, where there were hundreds of people gathered shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> Fuck, it sucks. Oh, man. <laughs> sucks. That's so good. And, uh, there was this reverend speaking, and um, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. I need to remember. I think it's like John Michael something. Um, he's an African-American reverend. He's made some serious momentum um, in uh, uh, Encinitas. I know he has a center there. And he had said something. He's like, you know, we have to make an agreement, a new conscious agreement that you do not leave your house. Or if you work from home, you do not engage with your day-to-day things, your schedule, until you connect to yourself and you connect to your source, whatever you hold most high. Mm. If that's your book, do that. Whatever it is, he's like super high, passionate, reverend. He's like, ah, he's going on his, you know, his rant. Um, and he's just downloading and just uploading this wisdom to you to not leave your house, not engage into your engagement of the day until you do you, whether that's your practice or whatever it is. So for me, I tune into that source every single morning by dropping into my pranayama, meditate, my pranayama and my meditation and my asana practice. And um, some days it's only 30 to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, And the day before I had a three hour, four hour and hour and a half long practice today. And Mm. I just listened to my body and I serve myself with what I need. I listened to my mind, my body. And I know over a decade of experience in practicing with other senior teachers, I have self-reliant healing tools. I know Mm. how to take care of myself. Mm. And if I don't, I'll ask for help because I'm humble enough to be like, I can't figure this out. I need help. I need assistance. So that's how I connect to, to source. And um, also if I really need to, I'll go hug a tree and go sit under a tree for 10 minutes and I'll speak out loud, yeah. speak out loud to prayer and, and with my guides and my angels. And those yeah. might be words that some people don't resonate with. I didn't resonate with the idea of having guides or spiritual beings that were surrounding me at all times and supporting me until the last three to four years, you know, I was very, Mm. I rejected that information and, Mm. and people might find resonance with that or not. And it's all good. You know, it's Mm. like, we're all on our own path to be able to find what works for us and find Mm. what helps us get present. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. I'm really interested to hear how you've like your journey from like, you know, from where you came from to where you are now. And because, because if and this is the thing that i found too is like it's you know you say the word resonance it's like when you see someone who's maybe far sort of further down the path than you it's easy to sort of judge that person or go i'm a very spiritual person i've been very spiritual from my mum's side of the family growing up right you mm. know, thinking about reincarnation cool. and, and guides and, awesome. and, 
And so it took me ages to dis- to, do, to really start to own that, as you say, finding what's true to myself and start speaking about yeah. it more often until my late 20s, right? I'm 30 now. And um, it's funny because we often judge something in someone and I can imagine people look at, look at you and go, oh, he's hugging a tree. Hippie. You know, like the first thing we go. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so, but the interesting thing is we get back to Canada and my partner goes, I need to go hug that tree. And I'm like, go do it, baby. Go do it. Love that. I and, support that so much. <laughs> and, and it's like for anyone listening now, this is why I love Woke Man because you get to see firsthand that there is a journey that men go on to start to discover their truth. And we call this awakening. And mm. it doesn't it doesn't mean you lead down a spiritual path. It just means you lead down a path true to yourself with more mm. pride in who you are as a man, with more respect, with more love, with more empathy, kindness, compassion, mm. with all these beautiful qualities. So I just really felt like I needed to share that because I it just came through as like I fucking love this, man. I love this yeah. and I love you being so real and sharing your truth. Thank now, you. Before we get into that the next question, the next 11 questions are more about your personal conscious journey. Um, I've recently picked up the autobiography of the yoga nice. and finished that. And Paramahansa has been in my life for a very young, uh, since I was young through my grandfather. Mm. Mm. That was, that's next level, man. His documentary is next level too. But I want to ask you a question because I know you're quite knowledgeable in yoga. Mm. Um, he talks about, I've done some, I'm not a teacher, but I've done a lot of Kundalini yoga, and he talks about Kriya yoga. What's the difference? Do you know? You know, I um, I I don't know exactly, but to my understanding, I've dove I've dove very deep into the Vinyasa realms at first, yeah. into several years of Tuvashtanga yoga, and okay. where I am now in more Iyengar yoga. So okay. very different, all three of them for the most part. And uh, I've, I've written a thesis on, I've written two different theses with my master's degree in traditions of yoga and meditation that I got from SOAS University in London. And I dove deep into text. So, you know, I have an awareness of the tree of yoga for sure. Maybe a little more than the person who's, you know, just practicing yoga and going to class once a week. And is just in that third limb of asana, all good. Kundalini yoga, Yogi Bhajan, um, you know, he found these, he found he discovered these kriyas a kriya is a yogic disciplined pattern that like just as simple as like doing this sitting down and breathing in and out in in your insides of your mind you're like tat sat tat sat tat sat truth is my name um so you know there are kriyas that exist in kundalini yoga there are kriyas that one of my dear brothers, his name's Alec Brogan. He's an amazing man. Someone I'm going to get you connected with for sure. He's very disciplined in his kriya practice, but he's not necessarily a Kundalini yogi that goes to the Kundalini wearing all white and, you know, does his sit down Kundalini breathing practices. I have a friend who like does another thing where he puts his palms together and puts his fingers on the top of the head and holds this for 10 minutes it's very difficult to hold your hands above your head for 10 minutes or you know the the fire practice where your hand this is like the ego killer right and uh, um you know so that's a kriya those are all kriyas okay you know it's like mental discipline yes yeah i haven't dove deep into that 
Yeah. I've dove deep into other facets of yoga. Dude, yoga, yeah. the iceberg is this infinitely cosmically tall iceberg yeah. that no one gets to the top of. Mm, like dude, there's cool. nowhere to go. There's no top to go to. It's just yeah. yoga is the journey of your soul through your soul to your soul. Amen, baby. Amen, baby. I love, <laughs> I love <it>. that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's given me a lot more insight. So now it's back to you, sir. Back to you. Let's talk. You know, this is the main questions where we're going to dive into your conscious journey um, on how you um, journeyed through the conscious life to where you are now. And so the first question is, what did your life look like, quote, unquote, unwoke? And how does that compare to who you are today, Ellie? Hmm. How did my life look like unwoke when I feel like I found a state of mindfulness? I was 19. I was starting to practice yoga, but it didn't happen overnight. It was over like six, the first six to eight months. It was like, whoa, like I'm noticing different things about myself while sitting down, quieting myself, like not talking, just being still and noticing my mind as thoughts are going through and then putting my body in these different shapes, which each asana, each posture is a different, different frequency to it. There's a different quality to it. And in that things would arise. Right. So I look, I'm just processing out loud to that question. So I think about those first six to eight months and before that I didn't take care of my body. I was not intentional on the food that I put in my body. I ate a lot of fast food. I abused THC and marijuana. I abused MDMA at shows. I abused drugs in a shift that I've created where psychedelics are very much a part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I own that fully because there's a transition of seeing a drug. I'm not bypassing by calling it what I'm about to call it. With intention, the power of prayer, Drugs can very much be medicine. Drugs are fucking big pharma, the biggest drug dealer in the world. Mm -hmm. Big pharma. Medicine. Mm. Something that can truly healing, expand the consciousness. So I I do see how pre-yoga, I wasn't aware of the impact that I might have on someone when walking into a room based on me being absorbed in my experience, mm. but having a, a access to hopefully, and you know, hopefully, and I'm sure I don't do this all the time now, but I can see a shift though, mm-hmm. where I might go into the room and I can sense the energy. Okay. I've got this. I'm like hypey. I'm hyped up right now on something. And someone that I'm about to meet with is like, so soft. Mm. Am I willing to meet them where they're at and Mm. place myself aside? That to me is leadership. That to me is meeting someone where they're at. That to me is being awakened. That is to be woke. I used to not do that. Yeah. I didn't have the awareness. Yeah. You know, so there's a cultivation of awareness of self that happens not overnight, but over an extended period of time with consistency Mm -hmm. to what it is that helps us know thyself. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't do that. For, very, for a very long time, for the first 19 years of my life, I was a fucking asshole to my mom. I was mm. so mean. Oh, I feel so bad for how mm. I act. And I've forgiven myself 
for that. And she's forgiven me. And she got to really see a new Alec over years, even though for the first seven years of my 20s, she held me to a stigma and a standard of the first 19 years of my life, really the first like 20 years of my life. How did she do that? Well, you used to do this. You used to do that. Like, why is it going to be any different? You've always done that. And I'm like, and at one point I was like, mom, are you willing to like, give me the opportunity to show you who I am now? Cause I'm evolving in a different person. Yoga and psychedelics are helping me see myself and I want to make a change. Like, will you give me that opportunity? I just told someone today she wanted to hang out with me and uh, I don't have much space for honestly, like new people that are just flowing into my life who want to hang out with me, who aren't on a certain level. Cause I have a serious fucking mission i'm not having space for distraction and i told her with love i was like dude ash i want to hang out with you and also you've shown me who you are by how you've acted people don't show you show us who they are by what they say or what they say they're going to do people show us who they are by how they act Mm -hmm. your actions because of three specific scenarios that have impacted one of my best friends in a negative way why would i want to hang why would i want to give you my time my time is fucking valuable and sacred to me mm-hmm. so intensity comes there it's all passion um but it's yeah beautiful man it's beautiful that's really firm in your boundaries and knowing who you come totally. from. i feel like that comes from a lot from knowing who you are right and i respect that man i respect that what was your biggest vice you talk about drugs and alcohol um I smoked a lot of pot. I didn't drink alcohol until I was 25. Okay. 29. Well, I, did not, so what, I mean, like I would have a couple drinks, but like 20, I never engaged. Yeah. So you, why didn't you t- touch alcohol? My dad had some serious problems with alcohol growing up. So I didn't touch it, didn't want it. But my mom would give me sips of her beer and her wine and her alcohol at the dinner table growing up through high school, just so I could have an understanding of like, oh, this is a normal thing. So when 21 hit, I didn't go batshit crazy, mm. right? And I love that approach. It was very conscious. My mom really did a good job with that. And I saw for myself that alcohol had a negative impact on my dad. And, uh, you know, his actions were muddled and, and fogged by alcohol. And I didn't want that for myself. And I don't want that for myself. And I don't want to hold that posture in my life. Um, beautiful. You know, and, and um, so 25 alcohol came into my life in a very meaningful and a very intentional way um, mm-hmm. through my brother, Matt Lackey, who died. Um, so he served me a like $120 shot of 21 year Yamazaki whiskey. He paid for it because it was like a $120 <laughs> shot. And I was like, I'm not paying for that. <laughs> but I, my dad would put me to bed and, and I would smell whiskey and bourbon on his breath. And that created a, a neurological connection to hard alcohol that mm. brought up a trauma for me that I would navigate when in college and people and I'd be like, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, you ever like been with a woman and you kind of like go on a walk and you smell them and you're like, ooh. I'm good for that. Like, you know, pheromones are real. And there's some yeah. women you're like, oh my God, like I, your smell is like nectar of God. Yeah. More, please. So um, drugs, when it comes to the medicines that have impacted me all through high school, it was mostly psilocybin. And through college, it was a lot of LSD. And mm-hmm. then post-college, it's been more DMT and ethnogens, ayahuasca combo. Um, 
different yeah. plant medicines that yeah. take a serious level of, you know, navigation. The woman I, who I have sat with, with grandmother ayahuasca, her mother is Colombian and her father's Brazilian. She was born into it, yeah. you know, and I respect that. So yeah. that's, that's been my navigation with those. That's beautiful, man. Thank you for sharing. When did your relationship with drugs become intentional? I think uh, I'd probably say end of college when I went to Burning Man for the first time. That's I was what, 24, 20, 20, okay. 25. I was an older college kid. Um, so I was about 24 or 20, 23 or 24 when I graduated and I went to Burning Man. I skipped the first week of my last semester of college to go to Burning Man. It was a great idea. I'd totally do it again. <laughs> and, awesome. um, you know, I, um, gosh, just fell into a higher level of intention. Like I would hold this in my hand, um, this vial. And I, before I would put it into my mouth, I would, I would speak my intention and I would, you know, ask for guidance and support to allow this to let me see myself. And yeah. And, and that's been your pursuit ever since is to know yourself more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Mm, that's powerful man that is really powerful what about the emotions that challenged you ali in that same period of your life the you know the the more unwoke period of your life what emotion challenged you most was it anger anxiety shame guilt so fear? fucking angry dude oh i was so angry i had so much anger growing up Ugh. when i what? moved out of, when i went to college and a couple of years later my mom moved out of our family house when she took like the paintings off the wall she would find dozens of fists through the wall and then i'd put the painting back on it that's how i released my anger i was angry wow. man i mean i went to a small little private high school so grateful for my high school it was a high level high school college prep school and i learned discipline uh, my friends weren't really nice it was you know they were just preppy preppy kids who got everything they wanted not to say that i didn't get everything i wanted i kind of did hence the middle name prince you know I, mm -hmm. I i've gotten everything that i've ever wanted in my life and i'm so grateful for that i didn't express or know how to express gratitude in life for the first 19 years of my life mm -hmm. i might have been thankful but it wasn't really authentic gratitude and until that I real gratitude is when you feel it right is that how you, when you say feel it? it yeah when you feel it in your heart and and we all have different ways of giving love and receiving love, expressing gratitude, receiving gratitude that feels good for us and feels good for us to give authentically. And, you know, man, if we can make one person happy and impacted in a positive way, we've done a good job. And that to me is something to be grateful for. I, I, I think that the harder emotions that I went through growing up was a feeling of not loving myself, not feeling like I belong with my group of friends that weren't really nice. And then at one point I wanted to have a community and have a tribe. And, mm. you know, I um, came to Boulder, Colorado and I've created a network of human beings in Boulder, Colorado and Denver, Colorado that are so connected. It's, it's, it's my love tribe. Mm. And uh, I passed around, I don't have it on right now because I am constantly giving them away all over the world, but I passed out these little green bracelets. I say love tribe, infinite love and over 8,000 of them across the world. I've That's walked into awesome. a little in a little cafe in Pai, Thailand, and I saw this beautiful man, Emilio. He's wearing a fucking bracelet. I was like, "What?" <laughs> I love that too. Who That's are awesome. you, and who gave that to you? 
you know, so that's this cool conversation, but that's cool, man. Yeah. I didn't have feelings of loving myself to bring yeah. it to all together before the woke times. And, so if you were to say that anger, right. If you were to think about that anger, why were you angry? Who were you angry at? I was, I, I mean, gosh, I, uh, my parents divorced when I was in fourth grade and, uh, you hear it from a lot of kids who have divorced parents at a young age. One of the first things that just come up is what did I do? Mm. Why, why, why did I do? I did this clearly. Like I came into the picture. This is all that I know is life. And now it's like these two beings are separating. I went to therapy from fuck eight to 20 mm. and just this just like two months ago three months ago i started seeing a therapist again which is awesome mostly around sacred sexuality but we process depth, depths of anger mm -hmm. um, i had like a, a month-long angry stint this this summer where i was doing a cleanse and cleansing your body and taking out parasites can bring up a lot so mm -hmm. i wanted to see a therapist to talk about it with um and i think that's also humbling that's for a man, powerful, man to be able to say like and i even put it on social media i was like I have this post of one side of my face sitting in meditation at peace and the other side of my face, I'm pulling my hair and I'm like, mm. I'm fucking pissed. And I was so mad over, I don't even know. I was just mad. I was raging against myself, which comes out like raging against the world, mm -hmm. but I'm really raging against myself mm -hmm. and I'm projecting that experience onto other people. Mm -hmm. when I'm unregulated and I'm not in my practice, I'm not in my center mm. and we all fall in and out of that for the most part. Mm. Some of us don't. I'll take it's, what you're having. It's really beautiful, man. It's really beautiful that you share that because it's, it's just a, a nice reminder for anyone listening right now that we, you've been on this journey, mind, or this mindful journey for 10 years, you know, when, when you really yeah. start kicking it off, it wasn't perfect. You, you know, you, it wasn't a, it wasn't a straight path, but even now, even after spending so much time on yoga, you know, $80,000 investing in your yoga studies and your path of yoga, you still got shit. And totally. that's karmic, karmic or whatever it is, you've got some stuff to work through. And, and, and I just, it's really beautiful to, to remind people now listening that it starts, but it doesn't stop. It just, you just learn tools, you get help, you're more open to people coming in to support you mm, and mm. you'll get through it. So I love that, brother. And another question mm. for you, Ali. Whose love, whose love did you crave most growing up and who did you have to be to get it? Mm. <clears throat> so it's interesting. Uh, my parents were divorced, right? And come like high school, end of high school and became more of a rebel and independent. Uh, my dad had this epic backyard and my mom had this beautiful home and I would be there Monday, Wednesday at my mom's, Tuesday, Thursday at my dad's. I did whatever I wanted on the weekend. I, I feel that in watching some of my friends play something as simple as throw the ball with their dad, that's not something that I, had, I really had. I really wanted that experience. Fuck. Like, I just, I didn't get that experience from my father. I didn't talk to my dad for three years, mm -hmm. two and a half years. Um, and when I opened my heart to my dad, which is in the first six months of when I started practicing yoga, 
I was in this posture called Ustrasana, camel pose. It's a, it's a back bend where you're sitting on your knees and you lean back and you reach your hands back and you grab your heel and you tilt your head back. I watched all this hate and anger for my dad transform and transmute into acceptance and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I was okay. Cause one day I will be a father and I pray to God and to myself that I'll have the conscious awareness to, mm-hmm. you know, be the best that I can do knowing that my dad did the best that he could. And I have a good relationship with him now. We're good. It's all Hakuna Matata. All up. I'm going to probably see him next month in Sedona for a couple of days. It'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I also mm-hmm. always crave my attention from my mom. Uh, my mom's a very busy woman. She's like a seven figure, badass entrepreneurial doctor, babe and total boss, babe. And I totally want more attention with her. I find myself, I'm connecting with this new beautiful love. Um, we have it. We're just like fresh, like two, three weeks fresh, but I've known this woman for nine years and we both have different, we have, we're opposites in this way. It's very easy for me to share with you, Luca, and those listening, my heart, my vulnerable raw shit. Mm. So easy for me. I don't care. I, I can open up so easily to be vulnerable with my parents. is really difficult for me. I'll do it, but I'm really uncomfortable doing it. I'll get on a stage in front of a thousand people and spill my heart story. And I've done that. And to be vulnerable, even if my mom's in the room, it's easy. You know, that's easy for me, but one-on-one directly with my parents directly, there's a depth of vulnerability there that pushes me to my edge. I'm willing to do it. I'm just saying it makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah. I'm willing to be in it because I want to seek. And like, here's the statement. This is yoga to me as well. Seek comfort in your discomfort mm-hmm. i get it just best, man. and that's the <laughs> truth eh? i love that man i feel that why do you feel like that's uncomfortable why do you feel like that's so hard God, i don't know i've been thinking i've tried to look into that and like i'm willing to go into it and maybe that's it's what i that, love i love like, that you're willing to you know, go there you, you know you know what just in in kind of bouncing it back and forth with you something that might be is that i might be received but in being received, I might not feel that you actually have reflection for me, that you can be vulnerable with me. Mm. So I put myself out on this ledge where sometimes it feels like I'm not getting anything back. So like, yeah. what are we doing? Where's the conversation? Like, what's going on? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no 50-50. So yeah. Mm, Take two to tango. That's it, bro. That's it. What was the lowest point in your life, brother? I want to go there. Tell me about two, the lowest two point. points. And was suicide ever an option? Suicide was an option for sure between like 18 and 19. And then I ate a fuck ton of mushrooms and had a reset. Because mm. <laughs> I died. I died. I, I, I had a seizure tripping mushrooms. Mm. I'm not going to tell the entire story because it's a 20-minute story. But I remember it like it was yesterday. And I woke up, thought I was dead. So in that, I got an opportunity. I had an opportunity. I was given a choice. Do you want to come back or not? And I said, yeah. So I came back and um, that was not the lowest point in my life. But when I stopped talking to my father, it was a low point. It was really hard because he would be reaching out and sending me letters. And finally, I think at 21, 20, 2021, he um, sent me a letter and it said, Hey, I know that you feel that I've failed you as a father. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And finally I got the words of validation. And I could forgive him. 
That was a low point. It was a low point, but it was not the lowest point of my life. The lowest point of my life, Luca, so far has been when my brother, Matt Lackey died. My best friends. I don't know if you've ever lost someone very close to you. Um, you know, so you know that grief, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the lowest points of my life for sure. He dropped mm-hmm. me off at the airport, uh, October 28th, 2016. He said he was going to pick me up on April 16th, 2017. My birthday was April 7th. I was on Maui. I was heading home to LA then then to, to Boulder, Colorado. Matt Lackey was going to pick me up from the airport on April 10th. And uh, I got a bad phone call. All right, he was going to pick me up in the airport on April 16th. He died on the 10th. And I got a bad phone call on the 11th, early morning. And I was on the first flight, 6 a.m. from LAX back to DIA to grieve and be with my tribe. And um, we took his body to Eclipse Festival. And we took his, or his ashes to Eclipse Festival and to Burning Man. And, you know, um, that, was, that was a really strong time. Mm. I, uh, I think about him every day. I think about my own death every day. I, I look at death, you know, so... How did that experience reform you as a human, as a man? That's a good question. Um, I look at, I think about his death all the time and in processing that it it has given me more trust in knowing that there is life after death to a point of a spiritual way where I don't know what happens. And you don't know what happens. None of us know what happens. No. We all have our own ideas. Yeah. However, what I do know deep within my being is that his soul essence, I can call upon it mm-hmm. and I can tune into him. I've had undeniable experiences where I'm laying on a field. So when he died, I lived in his house for two months because I was returning home and I didn't have anywhere to go. And, and there was just a whole, it was a fucking mess. Mm. Death is a mess. And I lived in his house, so I raided his closet and I took a lot of his clothes. I have this shirt and I'm laying on this, on this hill and it's like summer 2017. I'm crying. I'm sad. I'm depressed. The sky's orange and sunset. And I just said, Matt, if you're here, just, I don't have a shirt on. The shirt's a little like a foot and a half away from me. And I just said, Matt, if you're here, please just Show me that you're alive. Show me that you're real. And the wind blew his shirt onto me. And then the wind just stopped blowing. And I was just like, Mm. whoa. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's beautiful. I can definitely, um, death definitely, death definitely does uh, give you some sort of new perspective just based off like how impermanent it is, how temporary life is. If you think about, we all go in the same place. It's just sometimes we can go without expecting, you know, from a younger age or we go when we, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100, whatever, from old age. But one thing's for sure is like we can't take anything for granted. And this podcast here, what we're doing here now me and Ali, for everyone listening, is allowing you to start living your life with your truth as an expression externally. Start wearing yourself from the inside out and start being yourself because mm. death is coming. It's taking all of us. It's going to take all of us, you know. And and that's to say, and I believe the same as you, Alec, is that 
my ideas are that we'll, our soul will pass on to another life and, and, and part of us never dies, but this experience does. These lessons do. This mm. beautiful interaction is temporary. So I think yeah. you can just it's just a really nice reminder for everyone to encourage them to just start standing up to their truth. Believe in that. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. uh, it, it, can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, of course. Is that allowed? <laughs> yeah, it's allowed. No one ever asked, no one ever asked me a question on your reveal. I secretly always want it. So I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. If you had six to 12 months to live and you knew it, what would you do? Uh, that's a good question, brother. It's a good question. You know, and I think the first thing, I think, you know what I would honestly do? And, and I think a big, a big part of me is like, well, it depends. Do I have money? Like, cause that changes the game. Like, do I have like an, an endless amount of money where I can truly do what I want to do? But if I could, if I could, if, if I could make, cause that, that's like, it's independence, it's freedom. And it's, and it doesn't matter whatever mission you on, money will make you more of what you already are. So boom, Ooh, right? I heard that a few months ago and it made me cry. Mm-hmm. So if you're yeah. a dick, you got a lot of money, you're going to be even more of a dick. But if you're a good person, <laughs> a kind person, you're going to be even more of a kind person because you're going to be benevolent, you're going to be giving. Mm-hmm. So if, if we can just sort of preface that, if I've got, if, if money isn't an option in here, you know what I'd honestly do, brother? I would write. And this is the first time I'm actually really speaking about it. I would write. I would write deep philosophical text. I would write fictional. I've got two books that I've, two ideas for two fictional books that I would write. And it's not something that comes out on social media too often, but I'd write, I'd write deep stuff that stands behind um, my physical experience right now and goes beyond that and hopefully gets people to open their eyes to something deeper, you know, gets them thinking differently. That's what I would do. I would write, but I would go out to nature. I would spend way more time in nature. I would spend way more time with my family. I would spend way more time just me and my partner doing nothing. I would not worry so much about what other people think. I would just say, hey, this is what I love and I'm going to go find out the truth when I pass away in six or 12 months. That's what I would do. Hmm. That's, that's a, awesome. That's a beautiful question. And I and you're right. I do love it. I secretly do want people to ask me questions. I know. I know. I got it, dude. I've got 125 movies on Young Revealed and just like, no one asks me the questions. I'm asking all the questions. So I want to know. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. (laughs) All right, now back to you. Brother, tell me about your significant moment of awakening. My significant moment of awakening is when I was sitting under this willow tree in Louisville, Kentucky at the age of 19 with around eight grams of psilocybin pulsing through my soul and veins. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I literally, keep in mind, pre-spirit, of yoga pre like pre god pre yoga like this is way pre yoga <laughs> this is like you would never see me in yoga at 19 okay so i'm sitting under this tree and i astral project i didn't know it was that but i astral projected myself above myself watching this black storm cloud above myself under this tree and i zoom out a little further and i see myself sitting on the moon and i see the earth turning with all these beings sitting on earth. And I just recognized how unfucking grateful I had been, how disrespectful I had been to my circumstances of how blessed I am and how many resources I have in my life. I will never go to bed hungry or thirsty. 
And I'm so blessed with that privilege and that, that amazing gift that life has brought to me that I want everyone to have on this planet. And that for me was an awakening when I got to see myself and where I am and who I am now. Mm. That was the first moment. Mm-hmm. And then it just started from there and spiraled away into this. Well, it's not like from that, it's like, oh, look at all. He's like an awakened man walking down the street into his high school class. Like, <laughs> fuck no. It was just like I had a glimpse into the God of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love You that. know, I had a glimpse. I had a glimpse. And the rest is up to you. That mo- exactly. We, we, we all have these tools. Yeah. It's actually about applying them real yeah. time when it matters. Mm-hmm. 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 So after this point, what was the most well what healing modality helped you most on this journey what healing modality helped me most on this journey yoga Mm. yoga yoga as a container for creating self-reliant healing systems Mm. and uh, practicing every day there's a yoga sutra i'm not sure if you're familiar with the yoga sutras with patanjali no oh you know patanjali's on the next list man i haven't got it so Patanjali, he's a Naga, which is half torso snake and human body. He was existing around the time of the Buddha, 350 BCE. And um, he created these 153 pithy, succinct statements of what yoga is. And one of them is, in order to receive the true benefit of yoga, one must practice consistently undisturbed, dot, 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 for a very long time. A very long time to me is like 20 years Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. I think it takes 20 years to get 10,000 hours of like mastery. Yeah, for sure, bro. You know, long time. So if you've got a a recommend, have you got any recommendations of where I would first start learning more about Patanjali? Because I know Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer talked a lot about it. He's mentioned in this. Paramahansa talked about it. One of my favorite books that is just so accessible about the Yoga Sutras is Light on Yoga Sutras by BKS Iyengar. Um, also, those who want to learn yoga, I mean, hey, send me a message on Instagram, Alec Love Life Yoga. I've got some online classes and I can point you in the direction of live classes with my teacher. He does them free Monday to Friday, 8.30 in the morning mountain time. They're fully free. And I'm not teaching online because I don't want to, (laughs) Uh, but I I will be teaching again in the spaces post COVID and, you know, I open a studio one day in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. That's awesome, brother. So... Also, I would say plant medicine was also another one in there, right? So you'd have yoga and then plant, plant medicine. medicine. Yeah, and, and plant medicine has been deeply impactful for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, and that's not everyone's flavor. Like if someone mm-hmm. has schizophrenia or, I mean, you know, there are certain things that like, like I'm not a doctor yeah. and I'm not going to say you should or should not do this. You're like, do I condone this or that? Mm. Um I'm going to keep myself safe in that regard. And I think that it's a calling. If you feel called to explore something like that, cool. Yeah. It finds you. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I agree, man. I agree with that. Got a few more questions here for you. Let me wind down. Did your friend group change as you changed? Yeah. It was a bit painful Mm -hmm. because Because I was changing. I'd have... I had to. And sometimes that was received very personally and uh, difficult because as I dove deeper into yoga, I lost a partner over it. 
I lost friends over it. I found a new friend group because these people were growing on the level that I want to grow on. And, and I have some friends from college that, you know, weren't on that flow of self-development as deeply or intensely as I was. So when I would hang out with them, there was an incongruence mm-hmm. and that incongruence had me want to shift how I was and who I was hanging out with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. A lot of people out there now are probably going to go through that either going through it or will go through it, but it's, it's been a very consistent thing in every interview. It's like, it naturally, right. as your values change, you know, you, you tend to want to talk and do different things than what you used oh, to do. Totally. Yeah. Um, what part of your conscious journey are you most grateful for? Mm, what part of my conscious journey am I grateful for? For always being willing to follow my heart, even when it pisses someone off, even my mom. Mm. I've always followed my heart. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that got me into trouble here and there, but I'm grateful for that part of my conscious journey. I was a camp counselor. I went to camp from eight years old to 24 and I was a camp counselor and I took 40, 16 year olds to Israel for a month of a leadership training program as they made the transition from being a camper to a counselor. And I always told them, follow your heart. Mm-hmm. Society will tell you otherwise, but mm-hmm. you follow your heart and you will not go wrong. Mm-hmm. Amen. How, how, how would you suggest someone who's never really done that? How would they follow their heart? What would be the first thing to start doing? Well, that's a good question. How to follow your heart when someone hasn't done that? I think first we got to get with ourselves. So maybe that's like commit to going outside for a walk for an hour or two and, you know, turn the phone off or, and put some music on or listen to nature itself and be with yourself Mm -hmm. so that you can get clear of what your truth Mm -hmm. is. And, you know, maybe it's like asking ourselves some of the questions that you've been asking us so we can explore those questions for themselves and, and answer them and write them down and journal mm-hmm. about it. And, and in that, I, 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 yeah, it's a self-reflection, man. And, you know, there's a ton of online free meditations that mm-hmm. help you journey inside to be able to get clear Amen. with what your truth is. So that, that's what I would say to that. Okay. Thanks, brother. Last question yeah. for you, man. What's one tip? that you would give your old self who's just starting this journey? What's one tip that I would give my old self who's just starting this journey? I'm trying to like tune back into that 19 year old self of mine going into core power yoga for the first time. What is a tip that I would give my old self just going into the awakening journey? Cause it's an everlasting journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, man, that's, that's a beautiful question, Luca. I, I feel that it would be that it's okay to ask for help when you don't know and that you don't have to know it all. You don't have to have it all figured out and to trust that, there will be enough money, there will be enough food, there will be enough connection, as long as I am loving myself enough. Mm, yeah. That's beautiful, man. That's what I would tell myself. Enough. Start there. That's lovely, yeah. man. It's been an absolute pleasure, brother, sharing your story, connecting with you, 
It's been a very fun oh, interview. Do. I had a good <laughs> sweet. I always enjoy a good laugh, man. And we started off right off the bat like <laughs> yeah, that. So I was beautiful, brother. And if anyone <sighs> does want to, who's listening to this, does want to connect with you, they'll have your sh- your Instagram in the show notes as well as mine. But I, I I know for me personally, I love hearing about how these episodes have impacted people. So definitely reach out to both of us if this has ha- touched you in any way. Um, and just remember, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to this, it it it's not a destination where you're at now i just love that but like alec talked about to have the willingness to go within have the willingness to just show up and face that fear get comfortable with being uncomfortable and things will change alec my man thank you very much much love to your brother luca thank you so much you're doing such beautiful work on the planet and highlighting all these amazing people and i'm so grateful to be part of your case study and uh welcome me in and to ask these questions for deeper reflection in my own life and mm-hmm. yeah man you seem like just such a beautiful soul and i look forward to hopefully sharing more conversations together and maybe we'll uh, get on the mountain snowboard in one day <laughs> love it brother thank you very much <laughs> all right man, man. Take Namaste. Care. aloha I got love in my eyes, bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.